We're so cool, Daniel. You're so cool. We are. You're oh cool. <laughs> a whole new episode of Real Science, Real Life. Welcome back. <laughs> We're back. I am Daniel Salas. I am a co-host of the Real Science, Real Life. And with me right now is Victoria, who is also a co-host. Hello, everyone. Hope everyone has been making good choices. (laughs) Only the best choices. (laughs) For those of us just joining. uh, So this is a podcast where we try to understand and listen to the stories and like the accomplishments as well as like struggles with other scientists and just show you that like we as scientists are people as well. And there's also, we also come from many different like backgrounds and ethnicities and we also have very different goals, but we can all kind of relate on some level of like what we're doing and how and what motivates us basically. So here we have Victoria, who I'll be interviewing for our next episode. You can get to know us a little bit before we move on to our guest. Victoria, what is a song that you would say describes you or your life? Okay, so one of my favorite artists is Ed Sheeran. Um, So I guess something about me is that I really love lyrics and like, writing and like poetry and stuff like that so I think his music is very much that um so I guess two of the songs that I really think I identify with one of them is Barcelona um it's one of my favorite cities in the world and I just really like the fun aspect of the song and kind of like thinking about travel and just having a good time and then the other song that I really identify with is called Castle on a Hill where he kind of talks about his childhood and kind of going around with his friends and like that part of his life and how much has changed now and um, what's very true to me in terms of me moving away and kind of talking to my friends now and thinking about how our lives are so different now Um, but yeah yeah wow very exciting so where are you from and where are you now Um, so I am from Los Angeles, California. Um, my parents are from El Salvador. It's a small country in Central America. And so even though I'm from LA, I would say that I'm this weird mix of like, I'm just a first generation person here in the U.S. So my upbringing. Everything. (laughs) What? (laughs) You're a literal first generation, like everything, like yeah. U.S. school <laughs> uh, and all this other stuff. Yes. So I'm first generation here in the U.S. I am first generation to go to college. I am first generation to get a graduate degree at some point in the future. Um, but yeah, that means that my upbringing was much more with uh, Salvadoran values and culture, Um But yeah, I'm from L.A. And now I live in New York City. And yeah. So what do you what 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 do you do in science? Like, what is your contribution to science? My contribution to science. (laughs) Um, So currently I work with uh, Dr. Michael Packold and our lab studies cancer metabolism. And so 
one of the things that I'm looking at specifically is melanoma, which is a type of skin cancer. And one of the most devastating parts of melanoma is the fact that um, when it gets really aggressive, it tends to um, go into the brain and it becomes a really hard tumor to treat at that point. And so um, what I'm currently looking at is seeing as is if is if there's a way to block the metastatic process or the kind of moving of this tumor um, just because of how cells have to endure lots of different environments in order to get there. And the brain is not necessarily one of the most nutrient-rich environments. So we're trying to see if we can take advantage of that and limit cancer cell growth. It's also not like the, it's not the easiest in terms of like treating, right? In terms of the brain. Yes. Um, So it's actually most, so melanoma is actually highly curable in the sense that if you go get screened and they find the melanoma early enough, I guess this is going to be my plug where I tell everyone that they should get screened at some point. um, Because if you do have a lesion, the easiest thing to do is to cut it out. But one of the things about the brain is that if your cancer progresses, people can't really just cut out chunks of your brain. Um, Or it's not that easy and the side effects tend to be a lot more drastic than other types of cancer treatment. And it's also very hard to get the drugs to go into the brain. Um, So that's something else that's a hurdle. And um, they tend to be recurring. So even though you might get treated at one point and they might go away for a little bit, um, they tend to come back in terms of tumors in your brain. So um, once they get there, it gets really dicey. Hopefully not dicey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what what basic what what motivates you? What motivated you as a as a young child or even when you're older to go into this type of research or like science and being a cool awesome person that you are now? Oh, thank you. Um so I my one of my first exposures to like biology was in the seventh grade and I so I still remember what our teacher taught us which was like um many cells make up tissue lots of tissue makes up organs and like organs make up an organ system um so we were going in and like having this unit on the cell and so one of the things that she made us do was make a model of a cell out of clay and I remember like it was you you would it was like Play-Doh and you put like different types and colors of Play-Doh on the inside of this, like what would be the cell and you'd roll it up into a little ball and then you like cut it in half. And then you can see like the ER and the mitochondria and the nucleus, like you could label all the little pieces. And I thought about the fact that there are millions of these little things in your body doing stuff all at the same time. And I thought it was fascinating. Like they're, they're so in, in like in, wow. I can't say this word, intricate, <laughs> and they're so complex, and they make up who you are and, like, what you do, and yet they're just these tiny little things, and so I think that was the first time that I was really excited about science and thinking about something kind of, I was going to say bigger than myself, but much, much, much smaller than me. <laughs> um, That's but, very true. Yeah, it was, it was the first kind of moment that I kind of really saw science is awe-inspiring and I also grew up going to a lot of museums California has 
or LA has a lot of great museums. And so I always remember going to those and like learning about different types of animals and um, astronomy. But I think when I was in the seventh grade was the first time that I had a moment where I learned something and I thought it was fascinating. So it wasn't just in like a museum somewhere. Oh, that's pretty cool. So I know that like um, in terms of like where you came from and where you are now, that they're like, they're a very, there are a lot of like people that you like, you thank and you like remember every time you basically go and do what you do in the morning and basically like helps push you into doing and being a science. Um, so yeah, I always tell everyone that I'm a product of all the people that took the time to talk to me or open their doors or anything like that. So I always feel a great sense of gratitude in terms of what I'm doing. And I try to remind myself of that because it's also, it also reminds me that I'm not a fully formed scientist in the sense that no, like me in high school did not think that I would be pursuing a PhD and if I told Victoria back then that that's what I would be doing, I probably would laugh and say no. Um, but that, you know, it takes a lot of little things and a lot of people um, to get you to where you are. And I think people don't really talk about that in terms of um, who their mentors are and what they did or what they said to kind of help push them along. Um, but yeah, I, I think about that a lot. Yeah, I think you're very, like, you're right that, like, not a lot of people, I don't know why they don't, like, they need to put more, there needs to be a, like, a, a more of a spotlight on mentors that really do a great, good job in terms of, like, helping motivate and bringing people together and helping you achieve your goals, not their goals type of thing. I would like to snap. I I would I would snap at the statement and say, yes, this is exactly what people need to learn. Um, really, mentoring is something that has helped guide my life in terms of like that seventh grade teacher. Um, I still keep in contact with her now. And um, she always asks me like, what am I doing? And like, she wanted to go to my college graduation and kind of keeps following me and what I'm doing. And she, it's really funny because it was her first time ever teaching biology or life science or whatever the class was called when I was in it and so when I told her that I it was because of her that I really found science interesting she couldn't believe it because she thought she was doing such a terrible job and she didn't know what she was doing and she was new at it and I think that also goes to show the perspective of like what you're doing and like how you can really impact someone's life without meaning to um for the good or the bad, right? That you can really give people words or comfort in some way or telling them that they can do it and that can really change their trajectory versus kind of having moments where you're like, oh, you doubt yourself. And if you didn't have that person talk to you or you didn't run into that person, it was like, you're a great person that day that it could have really changed your perspective. Um, so I always think about that. And I think it's really funny because I do this now and I love what I do, but she had no idea that that's a, the change she would cause in me when she was teaching that class. But anyways. 
Yeah, that's very true. Like, basic, like sometimes our mentors aren't like people who that we would basically expect to be mentors. Like, there are so many different types of mentors and so many different ways and different things that we can teach each other. Like, even though like me and you are like similar age, we can be mentors to each other. Or if someone was like a little bit higher up than me, I could also teach them something that they didn't know. But for those in uh, like for those who are just starting their like career as scientists or thinking about being scientists, what are like some things that they should maybe look for in a mentor? Um, so I, I guess this answers your question with a question in the sense of what do you want out of this person or what do you want out of this mentor? So I think that one of the things is that when I'm still trying to learn this and trying to implement this in my life is that you don't just have one mentor, like you have lots of mentors in all areas of your life. And if you think about it, like maybe you can see your friends as mentors, not necessarily for your career, but maybe they're really good at going to the gym. And like, there, you know, there's someone you ask about like, oh, what are you doing? Or like, you know, that's something that's very different. But in the sense that you need more than one mentor to achieve the things that you'd like to do. And to have it be someone I think you can be open with and someone you do not feel afraid of asking questions to. Because I think the whole purpose of you trying to be mentored or guided in some ways that you should be able to be as candid as possible. Um, so that means that just having the ability to sit down with the person and actually ask them, like, is this the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? What did you do, right? And having that dialogue is important. Um, that's the other thing is that communication is a huge thing in a mentor, um, whether they're your PI or your boss, right, or they're another type of mentor, um, like how often you communicate with them or how you communicate with them, Um and also being clear about what you like from them. So I think it's a lot harder to just go and say, hey, will you be my mentor? Because that seems like a really scary question and people don't really know what you would want from them. But if you say, like, I would really like you to look at the biological significance of my project and give me advice on that, right? And so then you narrow the focus and you say, just look at what I'm doing through this lens, right? Or if you say, like, I would really like your advice and help in terms of networking and mentoring in that sense and what that means, right? And that's something else that people can say, oh, well, let me tell you, like, how I network or what I do. And so they can give you more advice instead of sitting there and being like, give me all of the advice you can, <laughs> um, which can be a little daunting. But um, I think those are two important things is, the ability to be open and to communicate. Yeah, I think that's a very important point in terms of like um, a lot of people, like depending on where you come from and how your life was, like like you might think that you have to do this on your own, but you really, really you, like it's okay to ask for help from from basically anybody. And as long as you know, or if you have an idea of like what, kind of help you need then you can ask the right person and see if they can help you and if not then maybe they can point you in the right direction yeah yes <laughs> so 
as a minority in in not just STEM but maybe even like the nation, yeah. Um, <laughs> like what 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 is something that like maybe like something that you maybe like struggle with in in science and like what what helps you kind of overcome overcome that? Um, community. So I think community is what helps me, and the struggle is feeling alone. Um, so I think I tell this to people all the time in terms of like I used to be really nerdy as a kid and would always love to read and I like science and um, it was kind of different than what people typically assume a Latina is like and what they like to do and um, so that was already different from like my community um, at home but I think once I kept going to school, right, that can be very isolating because most of the family friends that I grew up with didn't end up going to college or dropped out of college. And um, I moved away and I kind of built my own life. And that was very isolating. And um, you can feel alone. And even when I graduated, I was the only Latina chemistry major in my class. And I found that out a few weeks before I graduated and my friend who was a Latino in my cohorts and like my graduating class as a chemistry major said that to me randomly and I remember being so angry at him because I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe that I was the only one. I, I like it was heartbreaking that I was the only one and so I was really angry and there were these pictures posted of like the graduating class outside of like the main office for the chemistry department and I was like no I'm gonna prove you wrong and I like went to the pictures and I saw I was the only one and this feeling of sadness sank in because I was I was the only one and I was thinking about all the people that didn't make it or didn't end up doing science and I was wondering why and I think that's something that still motivates me to do a lot of diversity work because I don't want other people to feel alone and I don't want them to feel like they're the only one. And like, um, it can be hard to be in that position. And I think that the way that I made it through college and that I'm currently making it through my uh, graduate degree is having other people to talk to and not being afraid to talk about that kind of stuff, which is not necessarily uh, happy and being like, I feel really alone or like, do you want to just go have coffee and like, let me know how you feel. Um, and building that community is really important to me. And it's something that I'm working on in my graduate school and NYU in the school of medicine, because I don't want people to feel that way. I don't want people to feel like they can't do it. And if they only had someone else who they could talk to, to really say that, you know what, I've, felt that way before and I felt like quitting yesterday but today it's okay right um so I think those are the things that I wish as a minority I could change right that I representation that I could see other people like myself that I could see them in the positions that I wanted and to not have anyone else feel alone I really, I think it's really awesome that you like you think of it that way because I know some people will think of it in like a completely different way. Some people will probably think like, "Oh, yes, I'm the best person in the world and 
I am the only person who in chemistry like me and um it's true that like uh, like it is good that you are like one of the first one of the only maybe latina um chemistry students in your class but it's also good that you are thinking of it um in a perspective of like other people like not only before you but also people coming after you who are also thinking the same thing of like oh i'm 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 the only Latina. Who am I going to talk to? Who understands me? You know, and who can really understand the struggles or the things that I go through? Because I know that, like, we, we there are a lot of different underrepresented minorities, but we all have like our very own like different ways of like dealing with things. We all have been brought up very differently, and I know. Um, we sometimes get like clumped together and we can like feed off of each other in terms of like bringing each other up and stuff but sometimes we really just need someone who understands like literally what we've gone through and i think it's really awesome that you you took up the torch in terms of like trying to make it better for the next generation of people um so like just like if somebody from your school was like listening and they basically wanted to know where they can find a community like like one that you found where would they where would they go or how would they go about finding this community in your university um so i guess in my university specifically i'm currently working alongside um another graduate student to revamp and i would like to say resurrect in to some degree the diversity initiative that we have there with students and so we're currently working towards making that a space for people and really figuring out what that means to build that community and what kind of things people want um, from us to have that sense. So I think that's one place you can go to. Um, I also think that even though we would like to find community within our university, I also think it doesn't necessarily have to be in your department. So people kind of tend to go to the things that are closest to them. Um, so it doesn't even have to be in your department. Your friends don't have to be in that department. You can be anywhere in the university. And then also thinking about the things that you do outside of work. Um, I think that I know some people who have found great communities, um, like uh, one of the people that I rotated with. He is an, a grad student. He's an MD-PhD student. And he has a great community outside of the school, outside of the university. He does acapella. And so those are other people that you can talk to that are not necessarily scientists, right? But really finding that thing where you feel like you can fit in and be most yourself or de-stress or any of those things. So even though at my university, I'd like to say, come join us at the Diversity Initiative. Um, but anywhere really is where you can find that community. And I think the hardest thing is searching for it and feeling like you you haven't found it yet, right? Um, so... Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a really good point that like your community doesn't exactly have to be like in your program in science, like basically um, like, like just anyone or like any group of people that you can be yourself around can really help a lot. Um, one thing that I want to like, basically like kind of like plug in this is like the program that we are in yes. that kind of, that's kind of our own community. Right. And it's very, very, it's been very helpful for me and like basically like 
re I guess empowering me to mm-hmm. to do what I can do, you know? Yeah. Yale Science Academy everyone that I run into now in grad school, I'm like, did you apply? Have you thought of applying? Oh my god, this is the best thing. Um, but I really think it's because you do get this you you make like what is it, forty six other friends? <laughs> um yes. <laughs> and it's it's been a great community to be a part of and even though so Daniel and I are currently not in the same place um, but even doing this is something that reminds us that we have someone else that we can talk to that's many many miles away but nonetheless someone that we can talk to. So I encourage like everyone anyone who's listening to apply to the ELCNC Academy next year or whenever you can because it's a really great program. Pretty awesome. So also before we before we finish, I wanted to ask you or talk to you about the like basically the mantra that you tell yourself when you need to get back up again. Um, I remember you telling me about it, something that your boyfriend brought up, and you tell yourself it as well. Yes. So um, one of the things is that uh, my boyfriend says to me is is which means to be a wolf um, but in the sense that be a sheep um, and that's kind of the, the hidden meaning behind that right that don't don't be a follower be a leader be someone who kind of is powerful um, and I like to remind myself to be a wolf um, right in that sense and kind of go for it and then one of the things that Grad school is a whole roller coaster of ups and downs, and so a few weeks ago I was on a downhill portion, and I was upset. And one of the things that I said was, "I don't feel like a wolf today." And I was talking to him, and um, his response was amazing in the sense that he said, "Maybe wolves don't feel like wolves all the time either, right?" And in the sense that it's okay to not feel like you have it all together all the time or that you are this powerful person and you can do everything you want, that it's, it's okay to not be okay. Um, and I think that's something that I need to hear a lot um, because I tend to not be kind with myself and I tend to really push myself to do things. And it's, it's great sometimes, but sometimes I can really feel um, overwhelmed and sometimes I don't feel like a wolf, but um, feeling like a wolf. Yeah. Do you feel like a wolf now? I, I feel, I feel like an okay wolf. Um, I feel, I think that's the other thing about right currently right now, I feel like a lone wolf. So I need to, I need to find my way back to my pack, <laughs> um, and finding what my pack is. Uh, so I do think that I'm doing lots of good things and I can recognize that and it's great, but I think even I'm still working on kind of what that means in my scientific life. Um, so yeah, I do feel like a wolf. <laughs> cool. So before we go, uh, I wanted to ask, is there any like lasting advice that you would tell maybe like your past self or even like other like students who are just in a career of science? Just let your passions guide you. Um, whatever you find interesting, like, just go for it. Um, I think that, you know, my passion has gotten me this far. And it's, 
something that kind of keep that, follow it, and um, don't let it die out, right? Uh, find what it is and go after it. Don't, don't be afraid. Cool. That's awesome. This has been great getting to know Victoria. <laughs> and I, I think she's very happy to share her story with the rest of us. Yes. <laughs> also, I'd like to give a shout out to Monica and Giovanni and Janet, who are directors of the YCA program. You good, you good. Yeah. You good, you good. <laughs> Special thanks to the person who, who made the, the logo for our podcast. Her name is Sianna Yanger. She's from Guam. And she did an amazing job. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for talking to me. Oh, thanks for talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess you should say make good choices. Yes, make good choices, everyone. Make good choices. You can catch Victoria on LinkedIn and Twitter at VOVasquez underscore or V-O-V-A-S-Q-U-E-Z underscore. If you have any other questions for the podcast, you can contact us at realscience, real life at gmail.com. Thank you.